How disappointing have the Chargers been in 2022? We're getting into our four-week progress report on today's Locked On Chargers podcast. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for six seasons, but our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel. And also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. Well, David, today is the closest we're going to get to a quarter long kind of progress report on the Chargers who are two and two three or four weeks and we're talking about you know how and where kind of they've been disappointing so far this season if they have been and also just where they stack up in the AFC West as of now right because the wide the division is still very open to this point but it is Chargers mailbag day so we'll also be getting into our rookie progress board talking about the 2022 rookies this year and how some of them have fared and also getting into how the Chargers run defense has given up so many explosive plays lately talk about a couple of guys we need to see better from like Matt Filer and Josh Palmer. But today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. All right, David. Well, it's time to get out our progress reports now that the Chargers have gone for a month, right? Four games into their season and they're two and two. With the expectations that we had from them going into this season, is there any way to look at this start as not a disappointment? No, I don't think so. And and the reason why is... I think you look at the first two games and you kind of understood that the division matchups were always going to be tough. You know, you knew there was going to be some, you know, physical games between the Raiders and the Chiefs. And, you know, now we, we didn't have any real idea how good the Chiefs were before the season. We felt yeah. like they would, you know, feel the absence of Tyree Kill, but that does not seem to be the case uh, as they're, you know, three and one and leading in the division. <clears throat> but uh, as far as, you know, the rest of, you know, the games here, I think the biggest one, the biggest anomaly here out of the first four games, Daniel, is the Jacksonville Jaguars game. I mean, I think that's the biggest surprise. I think that was a big wake-up call for um, the Chargers, you know, Chargers fans, and kind of where the Chargers feel like their season was going to go. That was a big turning point, I think, through the first four games. Yeah, and I mean, when you're just looking at the individual units, right, the offense so far, Seventh in yards per game, but to only 12th in points per game, which I think you'd say is a little under, but obviously you're missing Keenan Allen, right? So you're not quite where you'd want to be yes. there. They're 11th in DVOA from football outsiders offensively. Defensively, 27 points per game allowed. A lot of that skewed by a 38-point performance that the Jacksonville Jaguars put up against them. But at the same time, I mean, there hasn't been a single game where, you know, they've given up you know, 10 points or less or anything like that. We haven't seen a really good defensive performance so far and they've played some pretty good teams especially earlier in the season at the same time we can see their flaw like we did in the last game against the houston texans but i mean two and two david gets you to about 500 right that's a nine and eight season an eight and nine season so there's no other way around it but to look at it as a disappointing start i mean i think there are a lot of positives right even with the injury justin herbert still looks incredible right still looks like he'll be able to win them plenty of games that Leading they can the kind of show passing. up around him for sure right but and you also, I think the other disappointing thing, though, David, is Joey Bosa on injured reserve. 
Rashawn Slater missing the entire season, probably, right? Brandon yeah. Staley was given some laughs, maybe not on that one. But you also have missed, you know, Keenan Allen for three and a half of your games so yeah. far. So, like, even though it has been disappointing, I think probably the most disappointing part are the injuries that they've suffered. The nice thing is they're getting some of those guys back. Joey Bosa eventually, Keenan Allen hopefully soon, Donald Parham soon. So there is reason, I think, to think that I can turn around a little bit and maybe by the next, you know, four games, by the time those go by, that we're having a different conversation. I agree. And I think one one of the guys that you didn't touch on there was, that was very, very important that made his return is Corey Lindsley. Yeah. Corey Lindsley's return is massive. I mean, especially for the protections for Justin Herbert. You know, I've talked about this many times. It really takes a lot off his plate. And he's really the general there. He's such a cerebral player. He understands what's going on. He gives help when it's needed. He just has that feel, that veteran presence. That you just can't you know, put a number on it. It's invaluable. Yeah. He is very, very crucial to how this offense and how this offensive line operates, and they go kind of as he goes. So when he's in there, he makes a tremendous difference. But one of the things we got to point out here as far as, you know, what the Chargers have not done very well, it has a lot to do with the second half of, of games. I was reading Daniel Popper's article, and you said the Chargers defense has allowed 68 second half points through the first four games. That's second most in the NFL. That is horrible. And of course, also the offense, meanwhile, scored 31 second half points, which ranks 24th in the league. So yeah. the second half of ball games for the Chargers through the first four games have been a huge problem and a big reason why they are sitting here at 500. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons for that, right? Play calling is going to be a big one that many people are going to point out. I honestly didn't think Joe Lombardi had that bad of a play calling game. Last I agree. Week. Second half, I mean, there was definitely some questionable things. Personnel-wise, having Sony Michelle in there is something we talked about already. But yeah. I think as far as this team and finishing games, I think hopefully they took a you know good step in that direction. They got two defensive stops at the end of that last game. Yeah. Got the long drive, a six-minute drive to go get a touchdown and kind of put the game out of reach. But we still haven't seen them put together a complete game at this point. That That's was right. probably the closest thing that we saw last week, right? I mean, even maybe the Raiders game those two wins that they have so far, but they haven't had a convincing win where you really just coasted to the finish. Right. And it doesn't happen right. often at the NFL level, but I do like what you're saying about Corey Lindsley though, because I mean, if you just look at the, you know, six quarters, he wasn't available. The second half, he wasn't there for the Kansas city chiefs where they totally imploded offensively. Yeah. And then you look at the entire Jacksonville Jaguars game, right? Those are the, the six quarters they spent without Corey Lindsley. Go look at how the offense fared in those six quarters. Didn't look good. No, it was terrible. So he is a huge part of it. Nice to see him come out of this week with no setbacks. You just have yes. to hope they can keep that knee tendonitis or whatever it is under control as much as they can throughout the rest of the season and getting some reinforcements back. But the AFC West is wide open. The Chargers yeah. are second in the AFC West right now, really tied with the Broncos at 2-2, two and two, but they have a better divisional record because now the Broncos are 0-1 after losing to the 0-3 Raiders. The Raiders are now 1-3, cleaning up last place in the AFC West and now have a game against the Chiefs upcoming this week so that could get worse even in a hurry david do you think the chargers have kind of shown that they are the second best team in the division so far yeah i definitely think that that would be the case here you're just looking at the, the rest of the division there you look at the raiders at the bottom obviously you know they have their flaws <laughs> and and they are they are plentiful and there's a lot of questions there about the, their play calling and how they're using their their stars out there and then the broncos i think that was a team that everybody thought was a kind of a dark horse candidate uh, you know a team that they think was really going to do a lot of good things this year and you know their defense is definitely as advertised we yeah. know that you know they're they're Always. very good they have been 
Uh, but the offense and Russell Wilson, the guy who was supposed to be the savior, the guy who was supposed to kind of change the way that they look at offensive football out there in Denver has not really played out exactly how they expected, especially after handing him a gigantic, massive uh, contract extension. So, so far, I, I think you look at the Chargers offensively. There's a lot of things that you like, still some things that, that make you scratch your head, like the running game and the play calling on occasion. But I think you look at the defensive side, there are things to be encouraged about. I think the the pass defense is is very competitive. You still have great contributions from Derwin James, Asante Samuel Jr., and I think you've seen some good things uh, in the run defense. It's just limiting those explosive runs. That's been one of the big Achilles heels for the Chargers, but I think they can definitely compete in the AFC West. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I think the thing with the Broncos, too, is like, obviously, they've been super underwhelming, even sitting at two and two, right? Feels like yeah. it should almost be even worse than that. But they're dealing with big injuries of their own, right? I mean, they just put Randy Gregory on injured reserve. He's going to be out for the game against the Chargers coming up in two weeks. And Javante Williams, their star running back, yeah, is out for, the, for the season, while Melvin Gordon is, you know, fumbling all of his opportunities away <laughs> over in Denver. Literally. So I do think... The Chargers, I mean, it's hard to have faith that they're much better than really any team in the NFL right now, just with how up and down they've been to give any kind of definitive answer. But I think the Chiefs showed last week against the Buccaneers going up against that defense and doing what they did to it, that they're for real team. And even though with that loss to the Colts, which seems like an outlier at this point, even the Chargers game, they maybe should have lost, you know, or you know, the Chargers at least should have won that game. Maybe yeah. you feel a little bit differently about it. But I think at least so far, the Chargers, with the obvious questions that we know so much about, it's. I think fair to put them at second in the division right now. Yeah. The division is wide open. You're still a month into the season and you're one game out of first place. A lot place of in football the in West. front of you. But you did lose the head-to-head matchups. So that hurts. You can obviously get it back later on in the season and you'll have that chance to kind of get that one back and retake, you know, the AFC West ground. But the Chargers have a lot of hard games coming up as well, right? So this is a really important part of their schedule, including this week coming up against the Cleveland Browns where – they have to kind of show us, right? It's still yeah. in show us mode. It's not on paper mode anymore, right? It's like, hey, show us you can be that kind of complete team. And I think this team, as far as their progress report, I'm going to give them a C <laughs> through four games. So far I mean, yeah, I, I think that's that's the, I think that's the right grade. I don't know if you can give them anything higher than that. No, no, I don't think so. But the Chargers have had a couple of super impressive rookies, and we are getting into our Chargers mailbag today because it is Wednesday. It's something that we very much like to do and get into. So I do want to get into, you know, some guys that have been performing so far and yet still a couple more guys, David, where they haven't even really been able to get on the field. But first I need to tell you guys something that's really important and something that everyone uses. And that is LinkedIn and specifically LinkedIn jobs, because as you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help make your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job with the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills experience so you can find the right candidates and you guys can prioritize who you want to interview and who you want to eventually hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs as the number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All 
All right, David, well, we'd love getting into, you know, your guys' questions. And thank you guys for everyone who reached out to us at Lockdown LAC on Twitter or wherever, even calling into the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line at 323-524-7924. And we had a, a question that goes really well along with the questions we were talking about in the first segment, David. And this one here is from Peyton on Twitter. But thank you guys again for making us your first listen. If you guys need something else to check out, make sure to check out the NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Lockdown NFL. Lockdown's local experts give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend, including Sunday and Monday night football, plus betting advice from the field's leading experts bet online. Follow the NFL Keys and Predictions show every Friday on Lockdown NFL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast from. David, this one kind of goes along with what we were talking about in progress reports, and it's been a really mixed bag with the rookies so far. So this is what Peyton has for us on Twitter. Said, with no second round pick, the Chargers probably should have done better in the next couple of rounds, and it really sucks to see that. Their third, fourth, and fifth round picks have all been inactive on day, game day. He did talk about how, you know, obviously Jamari Sawyer and Zion Johnson have been fantastic so far. But, David, it's hard to really give a progress support on the rest of those guys because you have JT Woods, who's played zero defensive zero snaps. Games. Yeah. You have Tito Abonia, who's played 56 defensive snaps. I mean, he's probably the crown jewel of this group, at least so far. Yeah. And Isaiah Spiller, who's yet to even be active on a game day, right? So, this is another one of those things. I mean, I think the other guys, right, sixth round, seventh round picks, guys like Jasir Taylor, Xander Horvath. I mean, Xander Horvath has been a nice surprise. But he's right, David, from the fact that when you're looking at third, fourth, fifth round picks, maybe this season looks a little different, differently right now if you would hit on guys like that, if you would pick guys who can contribute this year because that is how good teams stay good. And a lot of good teams get contributions out of their third, fourth, and fifth round picks. And as of right now, we have just really no idea what to even think of these guys because they can't even really get on the field. Yeah, uh, and it's de it's definitely uh, a, a little upsetting um, for guys like JT Woods who have not been able to get on the football field and guys like Isaiah Spiller who I'm sure are doing everything they can in practice to be able to show the coaches that you know they deserve some playing time. But you know, unfortunately, that's just not how uh, everything is set up. Um, but for, you know, for JT Woods, I feel like we know what he brings to the table. He's a guy that's got, got some ball skills, um, but he just needs to little, get a little bit thicker. He needs to get a little bit bigger um, and he needs to make an impact in the, in the tackling part of his game. That's yeah. been the biggest, most inconsistent part. And for Isaiah Spiller, I think it, it's really boils down to the application on special teams. They really want that third running back to be able to be a factor in, you know, the special teams game. And until he's able to do that. I don't know if he's going to be able to get on the football field, even with the futility that we've seen from the running game through the first four games. And I think that's really what makes it so frustrating in the case of Isaiah Spiller. The thing about the Isaiah Spiller and special teams part of it is like Sony Michelle's not playing on special teams. So At I all. just I don't I don't really see that argument. Like, I mean, Josh Kelly definitely does. You're not losing anything. But does that mean it's between Josh Kelly and Isaiah Spiller? Because that wouldn't make any sense to me. I mean, I just think. The thing about JT Woods is obviously there's parts of his game you'd love to see on the field, especially the takeaway ability. The guy who yeah. played college football in interceptions last year. We know he has ball skills. We've seen him, you know, in the preseason getting interceptions, end up getting called back and things like that. At the same time, though, he also kind of spotlights one of your biggest problems, which is tackling in the secondary. And we'll talk yeah. about the run defense coming up after this, but the secondary hasn't been tackling well. JT Woods definitely isn't going to help that at no. this point. So I do think as far as the progress report on these guys, I mean, I think you have to be thrilled that you hit on two offensive linemen potentially in this draft, right? Zion Johnson has looked really good so far. I mean, I'm pretty confident in saying, hey, that dude's going to be okay. 
even yeah. with his rookie kind of learning curve that he's had to go up against. You look like you found a starting right guard for the foreseeable future. And Jamari Sawyer looks like not only can he be, you know, potentially your starting guard as soon as next year if Matt Filer can't pick things up, and we'll talk about that after this, but also you look like you have a guy who had the flexibility to be tackled sometimes if you need him to, to play guard if you need him to, and you got that dude in the sixth round, and he just put together kind of a legendary rookie debut in this last game against the Houston Texans. So yeah. you feel really good about that, but it also still kind of shines a light on the issue that Tom Telesco's had, especially when you don't have a second-round pick. I mean, really, that's Khalil Mack, and your second-round pick's doing pretty darn good. Yeah. But you still need to get you know contributing players. Other teams are finding contributing players in the third, fourth, and fifth round. We have to see how these guys develop, right? They're not all in the same, you know, timeline. But when you have a team like this that's competing, it's like, hey, those guys would probably be helping some of the issues you're having right now. And I think the weird thing to me about this group, Tito, I think probably should have been active in the last game. He's yeah. been one of their better run defenders so far. He is a huge presence on the inside. It'd be interesting to see if he can get back in the lineup this week. Or maybe they bring up someone like Braden Fehoko, which we're talking about at the end of the show. But one guy, David, that was brought up that multiple people really brought up was Josh Palmer. We have one yeah. question here from Bolts fam in Japan. We have not seen Josh Palmer as much as we expected. What's the problem? So, David, I think we all kind of hyped up, you know, Josh Palmer going into the season. He looked really good in the preseason, especially that last game. And I'd say, you know, the results so far have been so-so, especially with Keenan Allen out. It's starting to feel like he's missing an opportunity here. He's definitely missing an opportunity because – Right now, he is one of the main wide receivers that are on the field with Mike Williams. I mean, he's going to be the guy opposite of him because Keenan Allen is out. I mean, the the targets, I mean, they, they've been there. After the first game, he's got eight targets. He's got nine targets. Now, in, in the last game, he only got targeted once, so that, that's definitely... And he uh, had to leave the game for a little bit, too. Right. He got hurt yeah, and you, had to come back. Right. He had the foot injury that he, he was dealing with. He, he did get back in the football game, which, which was good. But, yeah, I mean... Right now, this is this is the big opportunity for him because Keenan Allen is on the verge of coming back. I mean, it seems yeah. like he was close to come back in this game against the Houston Texans, but he just wasn't quite ready to go. But it seems like he could be coming back here against the Cleveland Browns. So if he does, that's inevitably going to eat into Josh Palmer's snaps and his playing time. So right now, I don't think you can say anything other than this has been a missed opportunity for Josh Palmer. Uh, unfortunately for the Chargers. And, I mean, it's easy to forget, too. He just had six catches for 99 yards against the Jaguars and almost put up 100 receiving yards, right? And that's yeah. a, a very good game for any Chargers player, right? I think it's the third best performance behind Mike Williams, you know, 200-yard game so far this season. But it's just the inconsistency, right? It's yeah. one catch for 25 yards last game, you know, with the first game without Keenan Allen against the Chiefs, four for 30 when you were hoping for a big game from him and Mike Williams did end up having a big game in both of he these did. last two smaller games, right? Where he's kind of hogging a lot of those targets on that big crossing route to Mike Williams where he gained 50 yards in this last game. Josh Palmer was the decoy getting sent down the field. And that is a little bit promising though, to see them getting kind of those crossing routes, those clear out routes working, yes. right? Cause this is two weeks in a row. Now, Josh Palmer had a 40 plus yarder two weeks ago against the Jags last week. You had Mike Williams on that same similar play, coming across the middle and picking up 50 yards on a catch and run. Let's see more like that. The Chargers they, don't have good They can good do enough. that. Like It seems like every time they do that with Mike Williams, it produces a positive result. they yeah. got to do that more often. It yeah, will. or either one of those guys. Because, I mean, I think you yeah. saw with Josh Palmer, you know, if, hey, if you can get him with a running star in the open field, like he's going to be able to eat up some yards, which he did. Yeah. 
you need certain things to go right, right? You have to have linebackers biting down on the play action. You have to have guys committing to Josh Palmer on that deep route and going with him instead of staying in the middle of the field. There's a lot of things that have to happen, but when they've dialed it up, it's worked. You want to see more creative plays like that where you're getting guys in open space, getting your receivers in the best possible scenario. But Josh Palmer hasn't been the only guy that's disappointed a little bit so far in 2022 by any means. We talked about Nazir Adderall yesterday, but one of the guys that, I am starting to get a little concerned about David is Matt Filer, who, I mean, was a guy we were kind of just writing in as, you know, one of the locks to be solid for the Chargers on their offensive line. So far, it's been a struggle for him, and it's been a struggle for the Chargers defense to stop anybody on the ground. And now, especially with the big plays you have with the Cleveland Browns coming up and Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb is probably going to lead the league in rushing this year. So we're going to talk about those issues and we continue our Chargers mail back here. But first, I also need to tell you guys about the official betting sponsor of the Lockdown Chargers podcast. And I'm talking about betonline.net. Betonline is your number one source for football betting info this season, guys. So make sure you're not missing out on the action and all of the latest info so you can be making the most informed bets possible. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. You also have basketball coming up here, and you also have football all day, every Sunday that you guys should be getting in on. So make sure you head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more today at BetOnline, where the game starts. The Chargers offensive line so far this season has taken some major blows. Obviously, losing Corey Lindsley, like we talked about, they're all pro center for, you know, six quarters that they did and having the offense look terrible. And you lost Rashawn Slater to a biceps injury that's probably going to keep him out for the entirety of the season. But you have had some bright spots, really, David, too, I think, on this offensive line, like Trey Pipkins has been has advertised through four weeks. Not something I necessarily thought we'd be saying right now. And you also have someone like Jamari Sawyer, who just shows up as a six-round pick, playing guard in the preseason, and starts at left tackle and gives up zero pressures and 41 pass-blocking attempts. Then you have Matt Filer, David, and there was a lot of questions we had about this Chargers offensive line. We questioned their depth. We questioned going into it with Storm Norton as their swing tackle. We questioned having Trey Pipkins just be the, you know, the guy without really any competition. That wasn't Storm Norton. Yeah. The one thing we didn't question was Matt Filer. And maybe we should have. I mean, he's yeah. getting he's getting up there. He's not super old or anything. He's not 35 years old or anything. You would think, okay, hey, this guy has to decline. But we have seen a major decline in Matt Filer so far this season, David. And we have a question that was brought up about there. Leisha on Twitter says, it's officially time to be worried about Filer. What seems like a lack of effort on that screenplay was concerning. Hopefully, he rediscovers his 2021 form soon. Yeah, I think it is a little bit, David, time to worry. I mean, especially now because... Before, at least, you know, maybe there was Jamari Sawyer in your back pocket to put in there for him. He's playing left tackle now. So I think it is. I mean, if now it's four games. I get a little bit more concerned every week. Yeah, I mean, the, the more bad performances that get stacked on top of each other, the, the worse that you feel about it. Because right now, there's not really anybody else in reserve that you can put in to fill in for Matt Filer. So Matt Filer has to play better. And, yeah. you know, the stats don't look good. I mean, last year in 21... He gave up five sacks and seven, 737 pass blocking snaps, only allowed seven hits and only 25 pressures allowed the entire season through four games. 
15 pressures already, one sack, one hit, and one penalty, and his grades are terrible. 32.8 pass block grade if you look at PFF and a 46.3 run block grade. One of the things we didn't even think to even worry about was Matt Fowler in the running game. This guy was a a road grader. He was running people over. He was doing business with Rashawn Slater. And this year, it's been a completely different story. I mean, it does look like he's stiff at some times. It doesn't seem like he's exploding out of his stances um, as much as we saw before. He just is not quite the same player. And he has to play better if the Chargers want to reach the level of football that they want to get to. Yeah, I mean, we all know how important it is to stop interior pressure, right? To stop the quarterbacks from being able to step up in the pocket and just getting to them quicker because that fastest way to the quarterback is a straight line. He's the closest one to it. And yeah. he's given up, you know, a lot of that. Chris Jones took his lunch a few different times, right? And yeah, he switched did. over from Zion Johnson to him in that game. Yeah, the concern, I mean, the screenplay was pretty alarming because he had a dude one on one and like, didn't even look like he really tried to yeah. get a hand on the dude like that. That is definitely a little concerning, but just overall him connecting at the second level is something that I think has been kind of derailing the chargers rushing attack all year. I mean, I went back and watched it just to kind of see, you know, if I was missing something on Matt Filer and he just, he's not getting there. I mean, the, the, a lot of, I mean, Trey McKitty, I also saw has not been doing what you need him to do in the run blocking game either. Just, yeah. Guys are not connecting and missing on one guy at the second level is blowing up a lot of these rushing plays. But makes Matt all Fyler, the difference. hundred percent. I mean, you said, hey, 15 pressures already this season. If you, you know, times that by four, which is still one less game than you need for a full regular season, that's 60 pressures as opposed to 24 or 25. Ugh. Like that's, you know, uh, crazy that's difference. Storm Norton a, a crazy amount of variance there. And especially playing guard. Like you don't see guards usually give up the kind of pressures that tackles do. No. Going up against freakish edge rush and stuff like that. He only gave up one pressure in the last game. Didn't think he was particularly good, but it wasn't enough to derail the Chargers offense. They just put up their best offensive performance. So I think yeah. he will come back to earth a little bit. I think it will regress to the mean and he won't be as bad. Will he get to the level he was in 2021? Maybe not. But I do think he can be much less bad than he's been to start the season in the first four games. Maybe there's an injury there that they haven't been publicizing or he hasn't been publicizing. He does look a little stiff, especially That's when what trying I'm saying, man. It to seems that hit way. moving targets for sure in the open field, especially. But we yeah. do have a couple more voicemail or a couple more questions and a voicemail to get into. First, let's get into this from Chris Saiz, who asks, do you think the defensive struggles against the run of the players on defense or from the coaching staff? I think if you take away the three big runs in the last three games, we have a different conversation. I mean, that's all we've been talking about here is, you know, in regards to the Chargers run defense. I mean, three straight games of giving up. 50 plus yard runs that just does not happen at all and somehow the Chargers have let it happen to them in the last three consecutive weeks and if you do take away those three runs David listen to this so the Chargers have given up 439 rushing yards allowed which is actually really middle of the pack they haven't necessarily been dominated on the ground efficiency wise that they've given up 5.4 yards per carry that's awful like that's about as bad as it gets worse in the league type of bad The three plays that we're talking about, they gave up 177 rushing yards on three rushes. If you take those away, right, which obviously they happened. That doesn't tell you you much. But outside of those three runs, the Chargers have given up 262 yards on 78 carries. That's an average of 3.35 yards per carry, which would be towards the top of the league as far as run efficiency-wise. And it has felt like the Chargers' run defense has approved in a lot of ways. It's just these big plays. So it's like, how do you stop 
these explosive plays because everything else has actually been okay. Yeah, I mean, they're 14th in rushing yards allowed. They're only allowing 109.8 rushing yards per game, which if you look at last year, they gave up 138.9 rushing yards per game. So there is an improvement there, and it is tangible. Yeah. You can see it. But that's taking the next step now after they took this initial step is eliminating those big rushing plays. Yeah. If they do that, then we are definitely having a much different conversation. And I think it is both. It's coaching and it's players. I mean, they, they work together on this. I mean, uh, on it looks like on a lot of those big rushing plays, like on the fourth down play, that they weren't even close against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That that he went un, James Robinson went untouched uh, on, on that on that play, and there wasn't anybody anywhere close. And so it yeah. seems like they definitely got washed out. But I don't know if they were in the right running uh, running play to you know be able to combat that type of run. But yeah, you get rid of that, and we're looking at a much different situation. But unfortunately, that, that's just not possible. Yeah, I mean, on the James Robinson play, you basically had Kyle Van Noy, who's smaller for an edge rusher anyways. Yeah. Bryce Callahan and Nazir Adderley going up, basically head-to-head with three tight ends, super heavy on that side. To me, it's more about every single run that we've seen so far has been to the perimeter. And a lot of yeah, this is about your true. secondary not being able to tackle because I do think it's player execution because you see the lane that's supposed to be being filled yeah. And there's just different things going wrong. In the last game with Damian Pierce, Kenneth Murray goes underneath and tries to kind of undercut the run instead of taking a better angle. Drew yeah. Twinkle gets lost in the wash. Nazir Adderley misses a tackle in the open field. Derwin James gets blocked. And it's yep. Pater. I mean, that's all yep. it was there. Chris Rump takes it, you know, gets up field way too quick and ends up totally taking himself out of the play. It is execution. The Chargers have the guys, and most of these, they're fitting the run nicely. And these, op, you know, these situations, when you have everything so planned out like that, you miss one lane, that lane could lead to a, a touchdown, yeah, right? To the, and yeah, to the end zone. Yeah. And that's what it's been. But it has been better. It's just those explosive plays have to stop, and this is not a week where you anticipate them having a great performance against a, a rushing attack because the Cleveland Browns, even with Jacoby Brissett, have been crazy so far. Yeah, Kareem Hunt, uh, definitely scary. Nick Chubb, even scarier. And they got both of them that the Chargers are going to have to contend with on Sunday. Yeah, we do have a voicemail that I want to get into here quickly. So we have something kind of going along these same lines. Let's hear it out. Going on, locked on. Uh, pumped for the W. Good to get things turned around. Um, I was wondering your thoughts on Christian Covington playing um, on that big touchdown run that we gave up. I noticed he got completely turned around on that. And it's just like, man, like, if the Hoku's in there, I don't know. You know, it just feels like he's earned that spot and somehow got it taken away from him for whatever reason. But, you know, just wondering your thoughts on that and if you see an elevation from Brandon coming soon. I mean, Brayden Vayoko should still be on the Chargers roster. It didn't really make a lot of sense when they brought Christian Covington in. Are they going to release Christian Covington again to get Brayden Vayoko back on the roster? I don't necessarily see it at this point. Are they going to bring up a seventh defensive tackle for a game day without any injuries? It's hard to say, but I do think, you know, yes, Brayden Vayoko helps. He he was their best run defender pretty much the entire offseason, and it was confusing to see him go, and I mean, there's obviously snaps for him. It was confusing that they didn't use Tito last week and had Covington active instead of him when it had been the other way around. And then Brandon Staley said so they saw specific things. They were going super heavy. Christian Covington isn't to blame on that Damian Pierce play, though. I mean, he he was going down the line of scrimmage. He was scraping down along it. But if you want your defensive tackle making that play when you're 
edge defender is, you know, 20 feet to the right of him. Like it's just, that's a really tough play for him to make. Yeah. Was one of the closer people to getting a hand on him. Don't necessarily blame him for that, but also there hasn't been a ton great from Christian Covington either. No, I mean, even, even in, in the preseason and training camp, I mean, he, he was never a, really a guy that was making a lot of splash plays. I, I felt yeah. like Braden Fehoko was really one of the guys that, that was creating havoc regularly and, you know, doing so in the preseason. But it, it came down to some roster g- gymnastics and them trying to kind of get get around contract stuff, which I, I never like doing. I never like seeing that stuff. I really just feel like the best players should be on, on the team. But I mean, hey, it's it's part of the game. That's part of the NFL. But um, going up against these two runners that the Chargers are going to be going up against on Sunday, they really need to have the best run stoppers on the field, regardless of contract. It doesn't matter. You got to have yeah. the best guys on on the team active. That includes Braden Fehoko. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, he would definitely be a help. Uh, they, they, I think the thing with the Chargers is here, at least they haven't been getting blown off the line of scrimmage, yeah. which was a huge problem last season. I mean, there are times right where they are losing that line of scrimmage, but it's not as consistently just getting blown off the ball. I think they've been pretty good in most of their short yardage situations yeah, so they far have. when they when they know the run is coming. Braden Fayoko should be on the roster. I think this is a week where it's like you could look back on it and be like, hey, you know who could have made a big difference there? <laughs> Braden Fehoko. But yeah. we'll talk about that dangerous rushing attack from the Cleveland Browns tomorrow on Crossover Thursday because we're going to be joined by the Locked On Browns podcast to hash out who's going to win this thing. It is a tough matchup for the Chargers stylistically, even with the 14th you know, most rushing yards allowed, 5.4 yards per carry, going up against a team who will be committed to running it 30 times. Is going to be a problem, and the Chargers have a big test ahead of them. But to make sure you don't miss it, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you guys so much again for making us your first listen. As always, if you need a second listen, make sure to check out the Locked On NFL podcast or from the Peacock and Williamson, which is covering everything in the Locked On NFL world. Make sure you guys check up with them to make sure you're staying up to date with everything going on across the league. You can find that wherever you get your podcast from. And you can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, anywhere, for free every day. And make sure you rate and review as well. You can also find the show on all of our social media. Thank you to everyone who reached out to us on Twitter, on our Twitter, at LockdownLAC, or in David Drogemeyer's DM at DrotalkSD. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports. But you can also find us on our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page and our at Lockdown Chargers Instagram page. But make sure you guys are back here tomorrow for Crossover Thursday with the Lockdown Browns podcast. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.